0: Being a professional isn't about the money you make, the position you hold, your level of expertise, or fame. It's the motivation and the attitude you bring to your work, a desire for always learning and improving, and balancing your creative output with getting the business done. Welcome and join the Creating Pros. Hi, and welcome back to Creating Pros. I'm your host, Jim Nettles. So as I record this, we're closing in on the end of NaNoWriMo for 2022. Now, even if you're not a writer, not in the publishing industry, there's going to be a lot here for you, I promise. Now, this week I had the opportunity to be one of several speakers for a writing program, uh, kind of an adjunct with a university, and we were talking about the publishing industry. Um, I'll tell you, publishers really hate this time of year. December, January, right after Nano, publishers get inundated with slush from Nano. Now, that's not to say that some great books don't come out of NanoRimo. They absolutely do. In fact, we're seeing a lot more every year where NanoRimo is an inspiration to create new product, create new works, and really create that motivation overall. Now, unless you're really prolific, odds are that the first draft you developed over the month of November isn't anywhere near ready for anything but rewrites and getting ready for an editor. Now, this leads into kind of what I was speaking about at the conference. Now, independent publishing, just like NaNoWriMo, floods publishers with first drafts. A lot of people also take those first drafts, uh, slap a cover on them, and go to self-publish. And this kind of leads into what I was speaking about at the conference, which is the difference between self-publishing and independent publishing. Now, in the industry, you're going to hear these two terms pretty much synonymously um in the industry self-publishing and independent publishing are generally regarded as the same thing so why am i saying there's a difference well the process of publishing is generally something like this an author creates a work that work goes to one or more editors you hammer out the changes that are needed a proofreader does a final check Uh, an artist goes develops the covers wraps maybe some marketing materials and artwork and launch date gets set and it goes through the distribution process, and you have a book. Now, the question is, who's doing all of this work, and who's paying for it? In ethical publishing, money flows to the author and their agent if you've got one. Now, if somebody comes in and says, Hi, I want to be your agent, or Hi, I want to be your publisher, write me a check. The answer is run, do not walk, because money flows to the author. Now, in traditional publishing, the publisher absorbs the cost of developing and production and may even pay you in advance on royalties in the hopes of the book at least making a little bit of money or breaking even. Now, as a side note, most books will never earn out on that advance or pay for themselves. It's the really successful books that pay for all of the others. Now, if you're going to go the indie route, then you're both the author and the publisher you have to know when to wear the author hat, the creator hat, and then to take that off and put on the publisher one. As the publisher, you're accessing the quality of your work. You know, you're paying for the editing, you're paying for covers, and you're doing all of that work to bring it to market. Now you might be working with somebody else and that is a part of that process, but fundamentally you're acting in both of these roles. Now, a lot of the time when we look at traditional publishing, the agents, the editors, the acquisitions people are seen as gatekeepers. Within indie publishing, that doesn't really exist. You are your own gatekeeper. And in this, it is both a wonderful thing in that work that probably wouldn't necessarily be bought otherwise because either A, they don't know how to market it, they don't know how to sell it, or it really just isn't a fit for a traditional publisher. You know, this gives an avenue for that to get out there. At the same time, it's a terrible thing Because there isn't any kind of a check to make sure that it's quality work or anything else along those lines. You ultimately are the person that makes that determination. Is the work ready to go out the door? Is it really quality work? So here's where I define the difference. The difference to me between indie publishing and self-publishing. The self-publisher doesn't understand necessarily what it means to wear the hats of being both the author and creator, as well as the publisher, or you're maybe not necessarily just looking to put it on. You know, you're a a lot of the time you're in a rush to get the work out the door. You know, you kind of get impatient. We all do it as creators, where we think that we've got the brand new baby. We wanna get it on shelves. We wanna get it out on Amazon. We wanna be able to sell it at conventions. And being ready and willing and able to put the brakes on ourselves and say, okay, is the work really ready? That's the point you shift from being the author and the creator to the one of the publisher. Because now this is where you have to go and work with your editors. This is where you have to go work with cover artists, work with people that are in the industry. And because you're now acting as the publisher, you're also paying for all of this. Now, one of the things that we often talk about in business and in these kinds of things is You're not spending money to do these things. You are investing in your product. Uh, One of the conversations I had with a client earlier today, in fact, you know, it was a, well, I don't want to go spend that money. I said, you're not spending money. You are investing money to make sure that you're putting the best product out there that you possibly can. Because as authors, we're not only putting a work out there, we're also putting our names out there, we're putting our brands out there, we're putting our identities out there. So if we don't do the work to make sure that we're getting at least as solid a product as we can put together, then what will happen is that feedback will come in the form of reviews or in the form of people not telling anybody that the work is out there and ultimately the book doesn't sell, nobody ever sees it and we haven't accomplished anything. The indie publisher and is going to be the person that is ready, willing and able to wear both hats, you're willing to go and take on that burden of being ready and being willing to take a dispassionate view to say, yeah, I really have done good work, or maybe there's still work to be done. And the difference here really is nothing more than mindset. It's, again, your approach to the work, to your product. And I see this all the time, not just in publishing. Uh, We talked about this a little bit in episode two of, do you have a hobby or a business? Mm -hmm. We talked about this some as well in, um, in, in the Kickstarter episode about making sure you've got solid product and solid work to be able to deliver to your customers, deliver to your readers, deliver to your fans. So how does this apply to other businesses? Well, I refer to it as knowing your craft, but not knowing business. I work with a lot of different people in a lot of different businesses and industries. And one of the things that can happen is I may be a really solid, really good attorney, but I forget to bill my clients. And you may kind of laugh about that, but I've, I've dealt with that exact scenario where they're doing all of the good work that they do as a part of their profession, but they're not doing the parts that keep the business running. So, We can allow the want or even the need to make money in the short term to enable us to make those kinds of bad decisions uh, for either the short term or the long term that drive that desire that says, I've got to meet a certain date and a certain deadline, even if the product's not ready yet, can make us shove something out the door that just isn't ready yet. And this is one of the big risks in the industry, in the industry. So this is where developing that professional mindset and approach often means the difference in being success and having success and being successful. Now, we're all going to make mistakes. If you're not making mistakes, then you're not taking enough risks. But it's making sure that the risks you take are ones that make sense and ones where you're willing to accept the risk and potential cost that goes with it. So the other part of this is understanding accepting and knowing when a mistake happens, that you're ready to learn from it, understand what happened and why, so that you can go make new mistakes in the future and not repeat these that you've already done. Now, one of the things that I also talked about in in this session was there's really seven things that everybody needs to know and understand, whether you're going into a writing business or not. Any business in any kind of a professional environment you're in If you're going to be running the business and you're going to be the entrepreneur, there's a couple of things here that you need to keep in mind. So the first one is you can't do it alone and you shouldn't. Now, if you're being a writer or an artist, it's not just you huddled over a keyboard or working with the tools of your art. It's every business has a support structure uh, and there's a circle of people that are around you by surrounding yourself with the right people and the right places in the right times. This means that all of you are supporting each other. You can help each other through the challenges and the trials and tribulations. You also get to be the ones that help each other celebrate those successes. But no matter what, no matter what business you're in, there is always going to be a need for other people. You're going to create a network of people that are friends, business partners, and people that you can collaborate, work with. I am very much a firm believer that everyone has not only something to teach, but something to learn as well. And this is part of that idea of you can't do it alone. Now, the second thing is the writing, the act of creating, the act of bringing a product to market uh, means that you do own and have a business. And again, I'm going to look back at at episode two, where we talked about, do you have a business or a hobby? Again, if you are trying to push this forward and do this kind of level of professional work, even if it's not really how you intend to make a living, again, you do own a business as something that you have to treat as such. Now, the third thing, and this is one that is often a challenge, no matter what kind of a business you're in, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, you know, especially if you're in creative businesses, the goal is often being able to get to the point where you're sustaining yourself. You're able to make the living and get the lifestyle you want, but it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. This is not something where you're going to write a book and odds are, no, you're not going to be the next New York Times bestseller tomorrow. And even if you are, most people that I know that are successful authors still are working for somebody else, or have other sources of income. So it's not a get-rich-quick scheme, but it is a way of making a solid living. Now, this is the one, number four, that makes everyone uncomfortable. And we're going to be talking about this in coming weeks. You're going to be responsible for all of your marketing, all of your selling. Nobody can sell you like you. And you are always in a position where you're always selling. That selling could be to a potential reader. That selling could be to a potential agent or potential editor or somebody that's acquiring for a publisher. You are always selling you and what you do. And ethical sales, again, is leading people to the buying decision. You know, marketing, again, is that process of going in and saying, here's who I am and what I do. And sales is that process of saying, are you interested? And is this a good fit for both of us? So even if you are picked up by some large publisher, you're still going to be on the hook for the vast majority of that marketing and sales engine, because again, nobody can sell you like you and most publishers don't have the kind of really budget to be able to do a whole lot of, of publish- or publishing or um, publicity for somebody unless they're already guaranteed to be successful and don't need that much of it anyway. Now, this is another one of those that I think we talked about again in episode two, um, and we'll be coming out and talking about a lot more. And that is the creation of your personal brand, your reputation, your persona. Every one of us that when you start going into this kind of a business or a creative business, Part of it is that idea of you've got the persona that you share with the world, and you want that to be the best part of you that shows up out there, and you want it to be true and authentic, and that's a word that I know gets way overused, but be be the real you. Be the person that shows up, be the person that does everything, and be the person that connects to others. This is the reason that social media works or doesn't. This is the reason that advertising works or doesn't. And at the end of the day, if you're going to have a long career in any business, a big part of what you're doing is creating that persona. It's creating that brand. It's creating that thing that people connect to. Because at the end of the day, there's as the old adage goes, people buy from people that they like, know, and trust. And part of that is that There, even though there's other truths in this, what it really boils down to, especially if you're being a creator, if you're bringing art into the world, it's all about who is the person I'm allowing into my head, into my home, into my space, because these things I bring in have a great deal of meaning and influence on me over time. And I want to make sure that that influence I'm allowing in is part of what I want in my life. And this is part of what your brand and your reputation has to carry is who you are So that you can connect with the right people the right customers and the right fans now this is one of the ones that always kind of creates a little bit of a challenge never stop trying never stop learning persistence is one of the critical factors that guarantees you have success it may not look exactly like what you want or what you expected But if you are always continuing to try, try new things, make new connections, learn new things, new ways of doing, then you're always going to be creating new opportunities for yourself. And a part of that is persistence. Most overnight successes, and I put in this in, in huge air quotes, but most people that are, quote unquote, overnight successes have five, 10, 15 20 years or more in the business of trying to do whatever they're doing or maybe the other businesses and things that they've tried that they may have made not have been successful in, but they did what they wanted to in that space. So think about being a writer, being a creator, being an artist. Building that name and that reputation takes time. It takes energy, it takes investment. And so if you go through that process, The next fun part of that is once you have used that persistence, make sure that you're willing to do everything you can to protect you, yourself, your name, your brand, and your reputation. Because if you've spent 5, 10, 15, 20 years to build up a reputation and all of a sudden you're making a living as a creator, don't you want to make sure that people understand and respect and appreciate that? Because even if you get labeled that overnight success, that overnight success may have had 20 or 30 or 50 books behind them, or maybe it was only one, two, three books behind them. But it's your work and who you are that you'll be known and remembered for. I am going to throw one last little bonus out here. And this is something that relates to every business on the planet. Every business on the planet is dependent on one thing. I don't care what you're doing, what you're making, what you're selling, what you're providing, anything along those lines. Every business in the world is fundamentally at the end of the core, a writing business. It's about communication. Part of it is about communicating what you're doing within your business to make things work, to make them more efficient. As a writer, writing is our business, creating, communicating. Uh, For other businesses, it may be dependent on the marketing copy, the ad copy, the ability to communicate with the fans and the public that are out there. The reason I put this in there is because a lot of our community are writers, and if you want to make a living as a writer, there are a lot of different ways of doing that. And I just want to remind you, the ways that you can make a living as a writer from your skills, from your talents, from your abilities to work with words. There are a lot of different ways that you can make that living. So I want to thank everybody for joining me this week. Um, I got great feedback from the Kickstarter episode. Uh, There's a lot more new stuff coming your way. And I always love to hear from everybody. The easiest way to catch up with me is to go to jamespnettles.com or drop me an email at jim at jamespnettles.com. I'll see everybody next week.